Thank you so much for joining me today on Real Estate Unscripted. I decided to switch it up a little bit. It is called Real Estate Unscripted, so I'm doing it a little off books. So I recorded a really what I think is fantastic webinar with Haley Garcia. She's a fantastic realtor in the Woodlands in Texas, and she and I do some mastermind coaching together, and we recorded a webinar on lead generation. And it was really sent to all of our realtors, but frankly works really well for the lenders as well. And as now is the time that we are all seeing a reduction in leads. We're not seeing as many leads come through. We're all trying to figure out how do we keep business as strong as we need it to be? What do we do tactically for that to happen? And on this webinar, we went through several of the main sources of business that realtors and lenders need to focus on and tactics to get business from those sources, many of which no cost which is super important for right now. So I wanted to share that webinar with all of you today. So the interview that Haley and I did together, because I find that right now, this is a time that the realtors and the lenders, we really, really needed to get together and pay attention to what we're doing to prospect and what we're doing to continue keeping our businesses strong. So I really hope you enjoyed it. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Share it amongst yourself, share it with your coworkers and really spend some time and take some notes and say, okay, am I doing doing these things from each of these sources of business? Do I need to implement or how do I implement this into my business? Because I need to keep my business strong. The market has changed, rates are higher, things are different, but that doesn't mean that we don't get to keep strong businesses. So listen to Haley, listen to me, see what you can implement into your business. And I look forward to you to getting to listen to this. Hey, everyone, welcome to this month's webinar on lead tracking. It's a very important topic because as you know, don't have enough leads. It's a massive problem. How are you doing, Haley? I'm great. I'm happy to talk about leads today. As we know, they are the answer to all problems. It is true, right? So what we need is leads. Too many leads, good problem. We need more people then, but we got to have the leads, right? And I think people get really distracted in all the things, right? The social media and everything else they need to work on where the reality is leads. Leads are how we get paid. It's how we get clients. It's how we build a business. So not enough leads for a long period of time destroys a business. So it's very important that we spend this time going over leads and paying attention to them all the time. This is not something you can do once a month. This is not something you do once in a while. It's an everyday thing. And once you get really good at it, right? We know how many leads we need a day, how many we need a month, how many we need to close per category. Yeah. And the thing that I really love about what we're going to talk about today is on the lead tracker, we have the ability to break down the source of the lead and the source directly relates to where we're putting our marketing dollars and our energy. And so when we track it on the lead tracker, it's giving us information about our business and our ROI on our time and investment. And so that's a really big piece of understanding where to put our energy, right? And where we need to tighten systems or add to or possibly delete from. So I love this topic for today because it really is the center hub of our business a lot more than a lot of agents give it credit and time and attention to. Which is funny because without the lead, we don't have a closing, right? And without that, (laughs) there is no business. Yeah, we have to have the business. So yes, we have to have a system for every category. We're going to go through all the categories. We're going to go through systems and strategies, but we got to start with a system. We have to track the system. We have to follow up. Then we have to assess how effective we are. If we're spending all of our time spending money, I'm just going to pick something and not picking on it. I'm going to spend all my time and money on Zillow. Well, then I better be tracking what I'm spending 
and what I'm making and how much time it's taking, how effective am I? Do I need someone else also to follow up on those leads, right? So we talk a lot about cost to acquire, super important. How much am I paying for this lead or the chance for this lead and doesn't make sense in my business plan? So I'm very excited you about this. What you and I talked about what we're going to do today is we're going to go through the lead tracker and the sources of the leads. And then each of us are going to share like our number one or two strategies for those categories so that everybody watching this is going to be able to really walk away going, am I doing these top two categories from these two top producing coaches or do I need to pivot and look at something a little bit deeper, right? And I think that's a really great thing to look at these specifics and get really honed in on this is the main thing, or these are the two main things that you need to be doing to service the past client referrals or the builder leads or whatever it might be. So I'm excited to talk about that with you today. Yeah. And I think it's important as someone listens to this and says, okay, now I need to work on these. Once again, we don't go, I'm going to work on all of them. It's like, I've got to perfect this. I'm going to implement this. This is going to run well. I have a system for it. Now I'm going to implement this because we come away from these, right? Like you and I go to a seminar and we're like, here's the two things I'm going to do. And it's like, you won't do any of them. So we're going to go through them. You're going to then categorize what you need to work on and then implement it and move on to the next one. So let's start. So get your pen and paper ready for everybody watching this and get ready to write it down. <laughs> yes. Good girl. You go, Haley. Yeah. So the yeah. first one, CCRs. Now a CCR, in case someone doesn't know, but if you're with us, you better know, is a current client referral. Why are those so important, Haley? You know, I think we would be remiss if we did not point out that the cost to acquire a CCR is zero. We are not paying marketing to open our mouth and ask for a referral to a current client. So number one, it is essentially free, which if you're tracking your expenses on your P&L is a really big deal. In addition to this current client should already know you, like you, and love you. So to get a referral from them should be an easy close ratio, right? It should be a layup if it's an actual lead. Yep. So that's my rant on CCRs. Could we all do better at it? 100%, myself and my team included, right? It is something that for the life of me, I don't know why we all struggle to get CCRs, but having a plan and having a script and then teaching our entire team where to do it, as you and I talk about all the time, is critical. Yeah, and I think, honestly, there's always an excuse, right? I think if we think about it, it's like, okay, so if you're interviewing, it's a little weird, right? You can't say, I want a referral, but I haven't hired you yet. So that's a valid excuse, but it's an excuse. Then when the market's slower, we're like, oh, well, I haven't sold their home yet, so I don't feel like I can ask for a referral. And now the market's quicker. We're like, well, that went so fast, I couldn't ask for a referral, which is all an excuse, Right. So if it's part of our system and our structure from that first meeting, if we just slow down for five minutes and say, you know, if they heard from us and they were a past client referral or whatever it may be, or they came to us as a referral, being able to say, you know, this referral from these people was so is so vital on how we build our business. And we're going to take great care of you. And as we do, we're going to ask you who you know that needs to buy or sell a home that we can also help. So we're going to remind you during this process, we use Reticular Activator. There are ways that you bring this into a conversation that fits your personality. My way might not be Haley's way, might not be another realtor's way, but it has to be part of our initial conversation with them. Absolutely. Personally, on my team, 
I will admit to not doing this 100% of the time. However, I try to do it as much as possible. But when I have the initial buyer consult or the listing presentation, I will do my very best to say, if you guys have a great experience with us, as you know, our business is referral based. I would love to just put it in your mind right now. If you come across somebody, we would love to take care of them. And I do always say, if you have a good experience with us, because that gives them the caveat to know, okay, she's not just assuming she's done a layup deal here already. She's asking for feedback and the referral at the end of the relationship or this transaction. So no, I definitely think it's a great one. And it's an area where every single one of us as agents could do a better job. So let's talk tactically. So I think it's a conversation you and I both do. And we'll admit not every time because there are absolutely times where I come out and I'm like, oh, we got so wrapped up in this part of things that I didn't continue on with this. But So when we do an all about you form, which we do in our initial consultations to talk to them about their preferred methods of communication as well, if we add it as a line on that form, right, that, hey, we're going to be asking you or who do you know that might want to buy or sell, we're going to be asking you if it's part of that questionnaire process and it's a line on there, it's going to be way easier to kind of not forget. So tactically, way to do it, to bring it in. You're right to have it on the form and also to have it on our internal team's transaction checklist so that as they're taking them through a listing or a buy and they're going through the transaction checklist, we have it on there. And sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. But it is a piece where I think we as team leaders or if we're individual agents, it's really important to do. It is. Yeah. And training our team, right? I think we're all good at, oh, wow, Haley, those pictures are fantastic. And gosh, you guys are amazing. I can't believe you dropped that off. And what a great gift you gave. And what do we all say? Thank you. Which is, I'm I'm so bad at that too. Oh, you're so welcome. And it's like, oops. So I think training team members when they're on the phone with clients or when someone says, wow, you guys are fantastic. We love our picture. What a great brochure. Any compliment is, thank you so much. Who do you know who's thinking of buying or selling that we can be a, a great brochure to or whatever, right? Absolutely. I think it's, constantly training someone to listen for that opportunity and role play that so that people get more comfortable with it. It's every team member's job, right? Everybody needs help with bringing in those referrals. So, and then the wow, right? Anytime we have a wow that we do, if you give a little extra gift or you drop something off at the house and they say, thank you, you absolutely ask, you've earned that ask as well. So we've got to make these whole parts. Yeah. And the things that we're talking about on the CCRs directly relate to the past clients and the past client referrals, right? I love that these are the three that we kick off on the lead tracker because they're really all synonymous. They might be done at different points in the transaction, but I know the things that you're going to share about the PCRs and the PCs, they're exactly the same, right? It's just having the system and putting it on the checklist so that we make sure we're doing it repetitiously. And I think those, as you pay attention, so when you fill out this form, the first category CCR, then it goes to PCR and PC, which of course we're going to cover. But I think those are like those warm parts of your business that if you're taking really good care of them, if you have a great process and a great experience and you stay in touch with your clients, those should fill up. And if they don't, the question becomes, what are we not asking? What are we not delivering? How are we not staying in touch with our clients that we're not that continued warm business that we've got to really focus on? So yeah, it's also an indicator, in my opinion, that you're not building relationship, right? There's something about the trust factor that is not being built if that section of your business isn't the biggest piece of your lead tracker, because essentially it should be. Everything else should be filling in the gaps, but those pieces should be the bulk of your leads that come in. 
Agreed. Agreed. So I think that's the first thing, right? So every CCR that comes in, we track. And also once we get them, it's like, okay, what do we do? Oh, we ask consistently. We did this. We added this. It's paying attention to, we got this referral. Look, it's because I did do a consistent job. I took better care of them. We got to pay attention to the actions that led to them that we know to replicate and do again. So yeah. And I think, I think to your point, to replicate and do again means we have a system, right? So a CCR, there should be a referral thank you program, just the same as a birthday program, just the same as an anniversary program. There should be a CCR program or a PCR program for the second you receive a referral. What is the thank you that happens? What is the phone call that happens? Does a video get sent, right? There should be an entire program for every single one of these, which is why, as you and I know, the lead tracker is so important because it's that accountability factor for, oh, we're not getting these. Well, then we must have a gap in our business plan and program. Definitely. So I think that's, again, they're free. So you need to be working on those and implement. And this is a system to work on. If you're getting none now, this is a great place to start because the current clients are in front of you right now. You've got to be taking care of them because think about it. Current clients, we want to turn into, you know, past clients who then come back to us and then refer us. So if we're doing a really great job up front, we have a way better shot at getting those PCRs and PCs. So we're going to get into PCR. So PCR is previous client referral. Right. And to me, it is a backbone of the business has to be these PCRs and the PCs, previous clients must be the backbone of our business. This is we took care of our clients. We stayed in touch with them. We remain relevant to them and we get them back when it's time for them to sell again or needing to buy again or that we took a great care of them during. Right. So give us some tactics, Haley, that for you taking care of like how long you've been a realtor. 24 years. Yep. Me 28. So how do we get these clients, right? That may not need to move for 10 more years and, you know, may be sitting still for quite a long time. How do we keep them engaged and thinking of us, right? And stay relevant. Yeah. You know, the relationship piece is what I think it's important for everybody to think about for these, right? So the second you close the transaction, we all know residential real estate is a transactional business and yet it is a relationship business. We just have to have an intention to build the relationship. So we do that by the letter of the heart. We do that by annual review phone calls. We do that with a birthday program. We do it with an anniversary program, right? We have several programs that are built into our system of marketing that touch these past clients every single year, multiple times a year. And we're touching them based on a relationship piece, right? So we know you and I aren't sending letters of the heart that talk about all the houses we've sold. We're sending letters of the heart talking about what's going on in our family, right? Or talking about a book that we read that had a life lesson or something like that. And then maybe at the very bottom of it, it has a PS, by the way, if you're thinking of buying or selling or whatever the tagline might be for a piece of real estate, but building those relationships with a system to make sure it's done on a regular basis is number one, hands down the most important. And I do, I still have clients to this day that I sold. I mean, the very first house I ever sold is still a client to this day. And he's bought multiple investment properties, personal. I've sold his parents. I've sold his kids. I mean, you name it, right? I've gone through the whole thing. But that would never have happened if I didn't build a relationship with him and constantly stay in front of him, even during the years that he didn't buy or sell. So all of those programs that we teach on for the PCRs and the PCs are critical because we're having to stay in relationship with these people in order to get them to be future clients again. I think people underestimate a simple thing like a birthday card. 
So I have clients of mine, what's been at least 20 years, and actually they're very good friends of my broker in my office, right? And he has come to me multiple times and say, you know, they told me they will never work with me. They will always work with you. And you send them a birthday card every year, right? And so of course I do other things, but don't underestimate the importance of a birthday card. And ours is a true birthday card. It's not about business. We give them a little gift or we give them a coupon or a discount, depending on what they like and what we're doing and what businesses we're teamed up with. But it seems super simple. An annual review call is very simple. An annual review call, do you need anything? We're here to be your reference, your resource. Very simple. Now they have to be systematized, but they're easy to do with a system, but it shows them that you're thinking of them, right? So it doesn't have to be this elaborate, crazy, you know, over the top party. We just did goat petting, right? We had a few hundred clients come and goat pet with us. It was phenomenal, right? So it doesn't matter if they were five years old or 80, we went and hung out, got to be in front of them. And some of those are 20 year clients too. So it's what you enjoy and how you show them, you appreciate them and that they matter. And it doesn't have to be overly expensive or complicated, but it has to be consistent and part of a system. Correct. You know, all these things that we break down into the different categories on the lead tracker, they are all synonymous, right? The same programs that we use to get the current client referral, to get the past client, to get the past client referral, also directly relate to the same things we do for personal friends and for the referrals from the personal friends. It's all very similar, but it has to be done with intention. And we have to make sure the call to action is appropriate. And ultimately, we want to be continuing to build the relationship with consistency. So I know we're about to go into the personal friends and the referrals from personal friends. And I just think it's important because we as agents complicate it and we think it has to be some crazy different thing. And it really doesn't. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think for past clients, which PCs, PCRs, it's the same thing. But for personal friends and referrals from your personal friends, it's a relationship, right? So I think, you know, the same thing. So we invite our friends to our happy hours. All my friends get invited to go petting, of course. Now there's a little different level that they may be at my house more because they're my personal friends, right? So there might be some level of intimacy or things that we do that are different, but we do the same things. They're on our letter from the heart. They're on all of those things. We don't spam them by any means. You know, we do cocktail mocktail events. We invite our friends. Our friends hang out with our clients. By the way, most of my friends are clients or became friends after being clients, but I think that relationship is great because people see, wow, right? Like they hang out and they bought a home for them and wow, they stay in great touch with them. And I think that's the key. I think the biggest thing is, you know, and you talked about this, so I'll let you talk about taking your friend hat off. What does that mean? So I have had this practice for many years now. And the reason I set it up in my mind was because I quickly noticed that friends can sometimes forget when you're a business person and it can become a little bit messy and you can lose sight of boundaries. And so many years ago, I started using the language, oh, do you want to talk about real estate? Because I can put my business hat on and take my friend hat off. And I would articulate it that way. And I still to this day, because everyone knows when I'm in business mode, I'm in business mode. When I'm in friend mode, I'm in friend mode. But to help the friend understand and see you as the professional business person that is actually an expert is really important when you want them to remember to call you when you're dealing with one of the biggest transactions, right? Or when they're referring you, you never want to lose sight of, 
oh, she's the girl that I go shopping with or we go pet goats or we hang out. No, no, I run a big business and I know my market as well. But when you just make that quick articulation, oh, wait, let me put my business hat on. It has worked really well in my experience because they're like, oh, okay, right, Haley. Yes, let me get serious now. And the same, you know, to your point earlier, I'm never going to go on a listing appointment and show up casual and be like, well, guys, I'm gonna let me shoot from the hip and see what I think you should do. If I get a call from one of my friends on a listing appointment, I show up exactly the same as I would at any other time. And nine times out of 10, they're like, Haley, this is over the top. What are you doing? And I'm like, guys, it's my business app. What are you talking about? Like you called me for a professional appointment. That's what we're doing. I'm not your friend right now. I mean, that people lose business. They do because they're like, oh, well, they said, well, you know, someone else came in and gave us this professional presentation. And what I've heard people say is, oh, I didn't realize I had to put on the dog and pony show. Yes, you did. You yes. are not coming there as their bud to drink lemon drops. You are there as their professional to sell their home. So while right. you might not have to give the spiel of who you are and where you live, and they know the background on that, but they need to know probably even more. This is my price point. This is how many homes I've sold. This is why I am the right person for this job. You didn't just earn it automatically because you're friends, right? And so I think that people need to pay attention to the presentation is the presentation. You come prepared and you come as if you would anywhere else, right? You can't just say, they're my friends, so I'm going to wear my gardening shoes, right? So I think that that also makes it seem like you're two friends hanging out versus a professional business person that's helping them. So I think that's something people need to pay attention to. It is. So next, let's jump to web and internet, because I know that's a really big one. Yeah. You and I define web and internet as social media, our personal websites. If we do any paid advertisement, it could be Zillow, it could be Realtor.com if you do Homelight, any lead source that comes through the web, right? However, that shows up. One of the things that I know you and I both agree with, if it's just organic internet leads based on your SEO and your website, that's one thing. I personally, and I know you do this too, if I run a campaign or I pay Zillow or I'm doing actual paid web advertising, I'm tracking that in a different category because I want to know what is my cost to acquire those leads and am I actually closing them to know if I'm going to keep paying for those specific ads or leads in the future. And I know you and I do very little of that. I will do it once in a while and trial run it based on the market. But as a mainstay, I do very, very little. What is your take on that? Yeah, I agree. And I think that there's two ways of looking at it. So you're completely right. But I think, for example, let's use like Zillow. So there's Zillow where you better have a strong profile. You better have your video and your recent sales and you better have your reviews. I mean, you have to show up well because when someone says, oh, Marjorie Adam Realtor, they're going to Google me, right? Before they contact me much of the time, even if Haley said she's great. So I need to have my website show professionally. And, you know, yes, this is a professional person. I need to show up with sales and other people saying that I do a great job and I need to have all that on Zillow. So that's organic and people need to pay attention to that too. Their profiles on a realtor and Zillow and Trulia, wherever you can have a profile, your Google profile, your Facebook profile, it better be professional and well done and current, right? I run students, I'll run their stuff. I'm like, you don't work there anymore. And that's not right. So it's like, that's a refreshing thing someone needs to pay attention to regardless. Then there's the paid side and you're exactly right. 
if I'm paying a dime for any source, whether it be online or not, but we're talking web now, you better understand I'm paying this much money and here was my return. Because people all the time, well, how much are you paying? I'm not sure. Well, that's crazy. And then, well, what's your return? Oh, I get all kinds of leads. Uh huh. I did that actually years ago. I did, I think it was like 2016 maybe. And I had a student that was killing it on Zillow. And I was like, I'm missing out. It was awful. But you know, yeah, I got garbage. I got people not even in our area that didn't want to buy. I got other realtors. It was like, this is a large waste of my time. But for those that do it doing well, great. But you better know how much time am I spending? How much money am I spending? What's my return on that money I'm spending? Do I have the team members to focus on the two seconds you need to respond, right? It's all a, it's a system. That's it. The point is the system and what are you tracking? Right. That's really the gist of it. As it comes back to the lead tracker is, are you tracking it to know how to make the next decision? Right. And Um, social media, of course, is part of this, right? Like social media, Instagram, Facebook, same thing. Like we've got to have a strategy. You have to post every so often. You have to have your content. You have to have videos, all of that done. Now you should have someone helping you with that because you can go down the rabbit hole of posting yourself. You're the content manager. You're the product on there. And you've got to right. have a plan and a strategy. But again, we can't spend all our time on that. So I think web internet is very important. It is for them to find you. It is for them to connect with you. It is for them to research you. And if you pay for it to get direct leads from, but you better pay attention to all of that, the money, time and strategy. No, I totally agree. And I personally think that the web and internet category is directly related to the ads and the signs. And that's because those two categories in my mind are more branding. We might be lead genning specifically, but really we're branding. And then from the branding, we're going to generate leads. That's how I personally see it. I don't know about you. Agreed. I think you have to see who you are. You have to have a presence, right? You have to show up on the sites people to expect you to show up on, right? And then when you do like the ad sign, which is another category, sign calls, but that's magazine advertising, newspaper advertising, farming, anything else that doesn't really fit in these categories. And yes, farming is for direct leads, but it's also for people to know who you are, right? So you've got to have messaging out so that you're not the secret agent. Like I can't think, well, I'm just going to spend 20 grand a month on a magazine and that's where all of my leads are going to come from because that does not tend to happen. I don't know anyone who that has worked for. No, and I'll share because as far as ads and signs go in ads, I consider that anything print, right? So ads to me are farming cards, magazine ads, newspapers, obviously signs are self-explanatory. I do not generate leads from my ads. However, I do track how many times someone in front of me says, oh, I see you in this magazine. Oh, I see you in the newspaper. And it's all the time, Yep. which tells me the branding and the image recollection, right? The amount of when they go, oh, there she is again. Oh, there she is again. Oh, there she is again. So I think it's important for us to differentiate where we put the marketing dollars for the purpose that we're trying to drive home. Yep. That's where ads and signs, I mean, signs are obvious, right? They're in front of our listings for the most part, unless you buy a billboard, which I would never do, but some people do. And in that market, it works great, right? But the ad perspective, there is an overlay to the internet and the web, but the goal, as we know, is to track it. Is it worth the money we're putting into it? Are we getting an ROI? Yeah. And I think, again, having a plan, you're going to enter into farming, you're going to get sick of it before any leads come in and you got to be paying attention to your frequency and everything else. Everything is a strategy, right? It's not just, I did it once and it didn't work, which I hear too many people do. Correct. And the last two categories are some of my favorites. I know the next one is business people and VIPs. And then we're going to talk about builders. Both of these, in my opinion, and I think you agree with me, 
both of these are equally as important as the first four categories. It's like the sandwich to the whole center nucleus of our business. Yep. Agreed. And you're definitely, so your business VIP program is phenomenal. I would say I have some very loyal VIPs. I am very involved in the community. I'm on two boards locally. I do a ton of donations. I am very involved, which my clients love. And we don't really spread that word that strongly actually, but it does matter to me and to them that through our relationships and through that, that we give back to our community. And I think that's key that's again, a plan and a strategy, but it's also just a love of a commitment of something, right? So the, the boards I'm involved in, I feel very strongly about. So it's the boards you join. It is the small business owners you connect with. It is your involvement with the community. And it's really how you connect people. Because if you think about the business VIPs, it's your connections to them and how you benefit their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. The business VIP section are the places where when you've got the mastermind breakfast that you host and you're bringing together, you know, high level executives that you're in relationship with to talk about the current community, what are they working on, what's working, what's not, what's challenges, or if you do a mastermind for your vendors or your trades or small business owners, right? That's a big nucleus of building those relationships. And then what I do is once I build those relationships, well, they bloop, they go right into all the programs that the past client and the personal friends are in, right? So then they start getting all those drips. So again, it's synonymous to those other tactical things that we do, but it comes back to, are we intentionally building those relationships with a plan? So the business people, and I know you and I talk about this a lot, like there are private bankers, they're the wealth advisors, they're the CPAs, they're the estate planning lawyers, right? It's all of those people that also we send referrals to based on our database needs. So it's a reciprocal relationship and they're seeing us on a regular basis. Yeah. So I think it's thinking about to me, it's like my tribe, right? I've got my inner team and then I've got my tribe of people that I'm super connected to, but I'm also super vested in their success. I want them to do well. I want them to, they take great care of my clients. They take care of me. And so I want to take great care of them. And I think it's that mutual desire to help each other and elevate each other and connect with each other. And we like each other, right? So to me, it's like, I really like these people and I want them to be successful. And I want to highlight them in my videos. I want them to be part of my life. So I think thinking about this group of people that you help, that you mentor and they mentor you in whatever capacity you read books together, there's so many ways through boards, through mastermind breakfasts, through happy hours, through lunches, through connection coffees, right? Hey, I have this great person and I think you'd really like them. I'm going to bring them to our next coffee. Like how can we just continue that community, right? Our little small community of business VIP people that frankly are enjoyable and we want to spend time with, but you know, that we can help and they can help us too. I think people complicate it and it can be that simple. Yep. I totally agree. I totally agree. And, you know, as we go to builders, it's the exact same thing, right? You and I know we build relationship with builders. They could be custom builders that we're building relationships with. We're constantly calling to see, are they building any inventory homes? Do they have land? Do they need land? Like what's going on in their world? I have a ton of them that I've done that with for years. And then you've got your on-site sales for your big production builders, depending on what's in your community. Those on-site sales guys are some of my best friends now over the years because I have built relationships with them. Then in most cases started with literally every Friday morning Starbucks run. Like I used to do that. I don't have to do it anymore at this level of my business, but I did. 
I would take Starbucks. I knew their order. I would every Friday morning from like 9 a.m. to noon, I was working the circuit of the model homes and building those relationships. And one of those guys, I know I've shared the story before, but one of those guys who is still one of my dearest friends, he started out about the same time in business with the builder that I did. He's a DR Horton sales rep, still with DR Horton. There have been years that I have literally sold 30 to 40 homes with him each year. And then on top of those 30 to 40 new homes, I've also had the resales to help the buyer sell their current home to then be able to buy that one. And it's all based on the market, right? There's some up years and down years, but that one sales rep has built a huge piece of my business. And it's all just because I built a relationship with him. And now, of course, he's in the mix for everything, right? He comes to my charity events. He comes to our client events. He gets the letter of the heart, like he's in the mix, but it goes back to the bulk of everything on our lead tracker, in my opinion, outside of a couple of small pieces, all come down to the systems we're running to build and nurture the relationships. Yep. I think it's consistency. I think it's actually caring about them. I think it's not treating someone like, you know, just forgetting about them at closing, but it's also paying attention to what we're doing. You can't just be all on, you know, I did this one month and I didn't do it for two years, right? We can't, we got busy. So this just fell by the wayside, right? So it's like, being super clear on the consistency and the plan. Like the flip side is we're not there to spam them and talk about how great we are, you know, that we're just the best ever, right? That's not the point. Just to show off and brag, right? It's to be relevant and to be helpful and to be a friend, right? I talk to them like I want to talk to you, right? Like I am who I am with them as well. And they appreciate that, right? So I think in the end though, we've got to pay attention, right? So it's not a... I'm just not going to do this because the business relies on these leads. It is right here on where they're coming from daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. It's reevaluating at least twice a year to say this is working. This isn't. It's really paying attention to our effectiveness. It's not letting a lead fall by the wayside because we forgot to respond to them, especially in markets where the leads just aren't there as money as they used to be. Correct. And I think to that point, you know, as you get to the bottom of the lead tracker and we're tallying up everything at the end of each month, right? And we're looking at the sources that are working really well and what's not, we're getting information about how to run our business. And then we're making strategic business decisions about where to add into our systems, where to put more money into the investment and where we might need to show up a little bit more with consistency to your point. But I also think it's really important when we look at that bottom box, that's also our piece of accountability for how well are we closing when we get these leads. And that close percentage is something really critical that I think all of us like to just kind of not pay attention to if there's not a really great close percentage. But if we're putting all the work into these programs and we're nurturing all of these relationships and we are getting leads, I don't really care what the market looks like. If we are unable to close them, then we now have a bigger piece of data to go, what am I not saying that's right? What piece of value am I not providing that's getting this person across the finish line? Because if they called you, they have a need and we're not fulfilling the need. So I think... As we look at all the systems and the structure and the purpose behind the lead tracker that you and I live and breathe off of, that bottom box is critical to pay attention to the results, right? For our own self-accountability and to actually run the business. Yeah. And I think ultimately you break down per category too. It's your total effectiveness, but your effectiveness on, for example, an ad sign call is going to be way different than your effectiveness on your past clients. Now, and then if you don't 
So convert them. So I think it's equally important. Like, so some of them are going to contact you. They don't move that year, right? Or something changes. So it's not always, we just didn't capture them, but you should know for each lead, especially the warm ones, I would argue all of them, they called in, did I get them to closing? Why not? Right. And I think if we don't have that data, then we don't have the information needed to make sure that our systems are effective and our time is effective. Correct. And if you have a team and you're not an individual agent, this is a crucial piece of coaching and training your team and a big piece of accountability that all of our our digital CRMs may or may not be tracking, right? So I think another important piece that I know you and I do, this lead tracker is for information on, on how to run our business and our systems. This lead tracker does not replace a digital CRM with drip campaigns and follow up and database, et cetera. And I think that's something that's really important for everybody watching to remember. This lead tracker is not the end all be all. It's one layer to running the business. The entry, honestly, it's the depository as a lead comes in so that you know where it came from and you can categorize. So yeah, we have our CRM. Taylor is my lead manager and she and I meet constantly. Like we go through every lead, the next step for that lead. And this person didn't respond. And here's where we are with them. And what do you want to do here? And you should call these people. It's constant. And so I think if we're not really paying that much attention, someone else is capturing that lead. Uh, That's not okay. No, it's not. It's not. And, you know, we talk about the markets that are going to go up and down, right? We've seen it over our 20 plus years. As the markets go up and down, as long as we stick to these systems, we're going to be okay. And that's what I think is so important because you and I both know we can go back to 08, 09, we can go to 2023, right? Like no matter where we are, if the market does this wave thing, if we have these set systems and relationships that we continue to build, we're going to be fine. There might be better years than others, but we're never going out of business when we have this as the foundation. Yeah. And I think it's simple, but not easy, right? I think it's tracking, which we need to do for everything. We need to track every penny. We need to track every lead. We need to track everything, every system, you know, every gift we give. I mean, all of it, our referral program, but I think this is the basics, right? Like again, no leads, no business. So until we all realize, again, I think everyone should also be super clear. Every lead is worth what? Now I'm not talking about the human part of it because it's worth everything, but you're very clear also on your commissions as well. It's like, it's insanity to not take the best care of and follow up on a lead until you can't anymore. Absolutely. We say in our team meetings, how was that $10,000 call? And the reason I call it a $10,000 call is to train my agents that that's how important that one phone call is that you had two minutes to respond to. Agree with you. That does not replace the human aspect. Of course, that human and what their need is, is most important. But from a business standpoint, that's a $10,000 phone call, which every single one of these hash marks on this lead tracker should also be, right? So no, I absolutely agree. On that note, we need to go lead generate. (laughs) I know. I've got some phone calls to make and follow-ups to do. It's funny because I was looking over at my phone and I've got Bethany that's like, you got a call to make. You got a call to make. Ma'am, I will take care of that. Because you know what? This is what we do, right? This is running our business. That's right. So Haley, thank you for taking this time. And, you know, it's vital that everyone really listen to this, listen to it again, commit to some implementation per each category, prioritize the warmer ones first, make sure you pay attention to the money you're spending and what your effectiveness is. And we thank you all for listening today. Absolutely. Go do one strategy for each category. Done. No more. Good job. (laughs) All right, Marjorie. Have a great day. 
do. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.